Koppel, host of the Time for Coffee podcast, where you get firsthand career advice into the jobs and industries that interest you the most. And before we start today's show, I have a quick favor to ask you. If you haven't already, I'd be incredibly grateful if you give us a rating and a review on iTunes. And if you're like me, you need to do it now because you'll forget later and because it's the best way to help others who may be in search of career advice to find this free resource. So press pause if you haven't done it and do it right now. I'll wait. Thanks so much and enjoy today's show. Hey there, Java Junkies. Welcome to another K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. By the way, K-Cups come in three sizes, single, double, and triple shots, or roughly one minute, five minutes, or ten minutes in length. So if you don't have time to throw back an entire caffeinated career conversation, these K-Cup mini-episodes of T4C can give you a quick caffeinated fix, whether you're on the go or you only have a few minutes to binge. So grab your mug and take a chug, because it's time for a caffeinated career triple-shot K-Cup with my guest, Stephen Liu. So take us into a typical day for you right now during the pandemic in Sunnydale, California. I take it you are working from home. You are not going into the office. What does a typical day look like for you? So I do do work from home. I would say every day is different. I do have sort of a typical week. A lot of the meetings I mentioned earlier, meeting with the suppliers, meeting with customers, with finance, with engineering, et cetera, et cetera. Those are more weekly meetings. So that's kind of how I plan out the week. So I mean, on a typical day, I, I got anywhere from four to eight to maybe even 10 meetings sometimes, getting stats from different people, maybe even just ad hoc meetings, just, hey, let me get the technical team together. We got this update from our supplier. Uh, let's talk about it. What's, what's our path forward? What's our decision on it? So a lot of different meetings and just being efficient with that time. You know, if, if there's any downtime, being able to review procedures, being able to look at our schedule and, and make sure that matches with what our supplier gave us, uh, looking at the finances, coming up with plans. And, and mitigations if we're going to be over budget or if we're going to overrun our, our costs here. So every day is different. But I would say each week you see a cycle uh, in terms of a weekly basis. But even every week, you know, you have all these different ad hoc meetings just because issues come up left and right. Are those the tag-ups that you mention in your resume? Because you talk about how you conduct weekly tag-ups. And I'm guessing that's like that specific language unique to Lockheed, I'm guessing, with engineering, suppliers, finance planners, program management, and customers. Exactly. Yeah. So I I mean, I could just call it meeting. Maybe I should change it to meeting. But yeah, no, tag up. They can be informal or they can be formal as well. Got it. In reviewing your resume, as you can tell, Stephen, I really reviewed it. A couple of things jumped out at me, and I'm not sure if this is something that is random or if, in fact, that may be one of the objectives, one of the measures of a job well done. And that is, I've noticed that you cite metrics showing that you have, in some cases, not only stayed within budget and on schedule, but in some cases, you finished a project six months ahead of the need date, as you did with the complete O-ring project, or you found efficiencies as you did on the EMI filter project. Are these 
KPIs or these key performance indicators? Uh, I would say those are a little more overall, overall just results from the project. We do have monthly reviews of as you could call them, uh, KPIs. We use something called earned value management. I think it's a little more specialized within the uh, defense world. But basically, it's just a, a ratio of how much you spent so far and you know what you plan on spending and how much work did you plan on doing and how much work did you actually do. So it's a ratio basically where you know you want to be as efficient as possible. So the baseline is one, you know, 1.00, where, yeah, we did everything on time, everything on schedule. We spent exactly to the dollar what we spent. If you're at 1.10, we spent 10% less money than, than we had to spend and we're, you know, our schedule is on track. But if you're at 0.90, then, hey, we spent 10% more money than we, when we anticipated. And now we got to figure out how to catch up. So those are the kinds of metrics that I look at. But kind of the overall, you said the schedule savings, the cleaning projects early, those are just the overall project execution in terms of finding efficiencies and getting things done a lot sooner than than we need them. I just thought that was interesting because I don't, in many jobs, doing what is required, staying within budget is enough. But I think in corporate America, especially, if you come in under budget, if you find ways to save money, if you get your job done faster, this is how you will be promoted in that company. Would you agree with that? Definitely. Yeah. If you're just there, if you're doing what your job asks you to do exactly, then you're just going to stay at the same level because you're not going above and beyond. You're not exceeding what you're supposed to be. And when it comes to that level of that promotion, you're looking at the next level. Can this person perform at the next higher level? And if you have the evidence that you have that, hey, I've done things faster, I found these efficiencies, I, I made things you know, much more faster or, or much more efficient, you know, that's justification for you. But if you're just doing exactly what you're being told and delivering things exactly what they ask for, then you're just doing your job. And that, that's, you know, yes, that's required, but that's nothing outstanding or that's nothing extraordinary special. Yeah, you're just checking the box. Stephen, we may have listeners who are still in college right now who think they want to go into engineering and work at a company like Lockheed Martin. What do you wish someone had told you about what this job and culture would really be like that was a surprise to you maybe even after you started? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me, especially in my very first job coming right out of school, was I was worried that people weren't willing to help me because they were afraid I'm going to take over the job. Because here comes a new person, you know, and I'm an older person, I'm about to retire, or you know, this new person's much cheaper, they can do my job a lot cheaper. So that was kind of the mindset I went in that, oh, you know, I'm kind of I'm gonna be on my own here. The team's not gonna be you know supportive of you know helping me, but it was actually the complete opposite. And you know, I've had five different jobs so far, but in every single job, Everyone was extremely helpful. Everyone was extremely supportive, you know, asking me how I can help. And I always return a favor, asking how I can help them. And that kind of shared knowledge, that kind of support is extremely important because these older people who are looking to retire, they know they need to pass on their information, pass on their knowledge to the next generation in order to keep the program going. Because it's such a legacy program. It's been going for so long. Once they retire, you know, all the information is in their head. It's not in the company anymore. So that's the biggest thing I, I realized that, especially here at Lockheed, everyone's so supportive. Everyone's so willing to help you. So you know, go in with that mindset that, hey, I'm here to, to make a difference. I'm here to contribute. 
and I'm here to learn. And then people really resonate with that. Wonderful. As I mentioned in the introduction, you were selected to join the Engineering Leadership Development Program, that three-year leadership job rotation program for early career high potential engineers. How would you describe that experience for you? What kind of a difference do you think that it made or didn't make in your career? Yeah, that was definitely the highlight of my career so far, uh, it's on, on a whole. As part of the program, as you said, I got to do three different job rotations within three years. So every single year, I'm doing something different. I go to a different program. I go learn new skills. I go work with different people. Yeah, like I said, learn new skills. And every job is different. So I, I learned a lot in every single one of those roles. As part of this program, we also have leadership conferences every year. So all these different leadership development program participants from engineers, from operations, from finance, all the different groups. We have a conference every single year. We all get together and we just go through leadership training, go through project management training. And just being in that environment surrounded by a lot of like-minded people with the similar drive, similar motivation, really motivates me to say, hey, I need to get better. I need to be the best I can be. So overall, the job rotation has definitely opened my perspective on the different opportunities I have here at the company. And also pick up new skills. And also the conference is just a huge networking opportunity. This is people from all around the country, all from our different sites. Just have that huge networking opportunity and just having that learning opportunity as well at these conferences. Excellent. At the top of your resume, I want to say it was like the upper third, you list out the soft skills and then the management skills that you've acquired. And I was surprised to see that you've listed out four management skills and six soft skills. The six soft skills included leadership, public speaking, communication, mentoring, teamwork, and presentation skills. Is that because soft skills are in fact more important than the hard? Or was it simply because you were stating a fact? I would think soft skills make a much bigger difference than, than the hard skills. Because the hard skills you can just learn from Googling, from reading a book, from you know, from YouTube or whatever resources online. But the soft skills is just something you need to do, something you just have to try and practice and, and get better at. And that makes a huge difference because if your soft skills are terrible, if you have no idea how to communicate, no idea how to listen, then no one wants to work with you because you're just hard to work with. So it doesn't matter if you're super smart, but if you just can't share that information, if you can't convey that information in a certain way, so other people can understand that you're stuck. So I really think the soft skills, you know, like the ones you listed there, just show how well I can work with different types of people and how well I can work in different types of environment. And that makes me a lot more versatile and a lot more flexible that I can just jump into any role. And that really helped when I was doing those rotations because I was jumping from role to role every single year, uh, just taking those same exact soft skills to find them in just a different situation, but still having an impact no matter where I was. I think that's really important for young people who are in the STEM field, especially to hear, because they may think, well, I've got all of this very technical knowledge and that's enough. But I know because I'm in the career space, how important soft skills are. So I wasn't sure how much you were telegraphing that it felt like you were. And now you're confirming that for me. Thanks for tuning in to this K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. If you want to listen to our entire caffeinated career conversation, please check out the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to this latest episode of T4C. 
And if you're interested in learning more about my coaching services for confused college students and recent grads, feel free to check out the Time for Coffee website under the Coaching tab at time, the number 4, coffee.org, or text me at 202-236-5712. That's 202-236-5712. 